This is W T M. Watch this movie. What? <laughs> How you doing? Oh, good for you. Oh, wait. Are you drinking up? First, you gotta do the trouble shuffle. Obviously, you're not a golfer. Watch a few movies, take a few notes. W G M. Watch this movie. Welcome back to a brand new episode of WTM Watch This Movie. I am Eric Mulder. My safe word is keep going. Joining me, as always, is Mr. Positivity, Wolfie T. I can't talk too long. I gotta poo. What's up? Not much. What's up with you? Finally, getting you to do an episode on the car. <laughs> I've suggested it about four years in a row for the horror extravaganza. <laughs> and every year, you're like, eh, not <laughs> <laughs> so i'm a little excited well uh, i really wanted to let you pick whatever basically because uh the three De Palma ones i mean you liked all of those but yeah, they were kind of my good. picks i mean i think i suggested we do them i really wanted to do body double and i figured we could do blowout and dress to kill because they're legit great films yeah you definitely have more De Palma experience than i do um Although I, I picked most of the Tony Scott movies. Uh, yeah. So we're kind of even on that. But I suppose. Uh, the car is just a fun 1970s B movie. Mm-hmm. It's, it's clearly a Jaws knockoff, but it's Jaws if Jaws was set in a small desert town and the shark was a car. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Duel, too. Duel came out before this. I've never seen Duel. Um, in fact, I don't even know anything about it. I'm not sure if I've seen the whole thing all the way through. I know I've seen bits and pieces, but the uh, Steven uh, Spielberg's first major film, which another, you know, Jaws is another Spielberg. So, yes, it is. they both came out before the car. Well, the car is still fantastic. It's got James Brolin in it. Mm-hmm. I like James Brolin's IMDb picture. It looks like it's from like a Fox News interview or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> does uh i like anytime i think of james brolin now i just think of him and his role in the goods remember him in the goods i've seen that movie but i i don't remember much about it (laughs) he's the owner of the car dealership who keeps on trying to uh fuck dave keckner the whole time (laughs) (laughs) that's right (laughs) the girl out of temecula but Hey, Brent, uh, you see my wife over there? Yeah. It <laughs> is a dead marriage. But you, know, you learn to live with it. You drive around out at night, windows down, music up. And some people call it cruising. Me? I call it looking for a friend. Are you my friend, Brent? No. Oh, so many uh, good lines in there. Oh my god! <laughs> and then, and then his kid erased half of the universe. That's right, with the snap of a finger, no less. He sure did. You know, I thought Josh was older than he is. I looked it up yesterday, and he's fifty-three. God, he looks old. Like, <laughs> yeah, I thought he was like pushing <laughs> sixty. 
Like he, I've seen him in two movies in the last couple months, and he looks fucking old as hell all of a sudden. Like I don't know what happened to him, but like he aged a lot in the last couple of years. Yeah, he was showing a lot of gray in Dune. Yeah, Dune he looks old, and then he was in um, Flag Day. He played uh, Sean Penn's brother-in-law. Okay, and uh, he looked pretty old in that too. It's kind of funny in that movie. Sean Penn plays a a character over the span of about 25 years, but he, he looks like 70 years old through the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Um, so yeah, this, the car is the last film of our horror extravaganza. It was another successful year. And actually this will be dropping after we dropped uh, the special episode with our uh, guest appearance on the MMC, the Midnight Movie Cowboys podcast. Special bonus for all mm-hmm. you listeners. Yeah, so hopefully you uh, check that out and check out other MMC episodes. And uh, yeah, so after this, I guess expect uh, another recently seen soon. And I know we were going to do Top Gun, you know, for the sequel coming out, but it, they pushed it to what, May or April? Yeah, Memorial Day. Memorial Day, yeah. So, so I think maybe we should just wait until april or so or may and then do top right. gun that's what i was thinking i was thinking like like do we do a thanksgiving are there thanksgiving movies we could do i don't yeah know. oh yeah thanks killing we could do things killing <laughs> planes trains and automobiles i know you're a huge fan of that it's movie my, it's my favorite movie <laughs> not <laughs> oh you had me for a second <laughs> <laughs> that was a good joke <laughs> it, it never gets old that joke but not joke <laughs> just like in borat from 2004 <laughs> so yeah i'm not exactly sure what we're gonna do uh there's some other thanksgiving films we could do yeah we did scent of a woman i think didn't no we? i i reviewed it on a recently seen i believe Okay. But we didn't do a full episode on it. We could. That's a Thanksgiving movie. It is. Wasn't Prisoners a Thanksgiving movie? Yeah, it was. That would be a festive one. Yeah. I'm about tapped out for Christmas movies. I I don't even watch (laughs) Christmas movies. I think we've done all the ones I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. (laughs) We'll come up with something. Unless we, we start looking at the the horror Christmas movies on like stream picks or whatever. Yeah. I mean, we already did black Christmas, but there's two to go. (laughs) (laughs) Not doing those. uh, uh, We could do the 2019 one. Uh, People would love that. Mm. It'd be one of the few movies where we hate watch it. (laughs) I don't think we've ever done an episode on a movie we both hate. <laughs> <laughs> That's too cliche. There's too many podcasts like that. Like, stop doing movies that you hate. Yeah. All right. Um, so let's go over to the details for the car. So it came out in 1977, directed by Elliot Silverstein, who uh, also did some like Twilight Zone episodes, Man Called Horse. Cat Baloo. Seems like a lot of uh, B-movie fare. 
Yeah, he didn't do a whole lot after the car. A lot of TV movies. The car, the car was his last feature film until 1994 when he did Flash Fire. Hmm. There's five people with a story or screenplay credit. Dennis Schrack. Oh, sorry, he has a story and screenplay credit. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's three. There's two yeah. for story, and then those two plus one more for the screenplay. Yeah. Michael Butler got both and lane slate also got a screenplay credit so like michael butler he did pale rider we were you know wrote that the gauntlet so he's done some eastwood movies dennis shryack also did pale rider the gauntlet turner and hooch there you go never seen turner and hooch so these are a couple of uh screenplay jobbers don't see a whole lot nothing i really recognize but the car stars James Brolin as Wade Parent, Kathleen Lloyd as Lauren, John Marley as Everett. You recognize John Marley, don't you? Yeah, he, he, looks he ain't familiar. no band leader. <laughs> From the Godfather. He, he, was the God, he was in the Godfather. Yeah, woke up with a horse's head in his bed. Oh, he was that guy. Okay. Yep. I've seen The Godfather twice, and uh, I get confused. There's too many characters, too much stuff going on. I can't, I can't keep up. <laughs> I guess I'm a bad movie watcher because I can't, <laughs> I can't follow along. The Godfather is too complicated. <laughs> uh, Peter has a bit about that on Family Guy. Yeah, when they're trapped in the basement during the flood or whatever. Yeah, I think it was a, a, a panic room that was flooding. <laughs> oh, that's right. Did not care for the Godfather. Couldn't couldn't get into it. You know, it takes forever getting in. And then, <laughs> then I ended up turning it off with about an hour left. Like, you didn't finish it? They're, they're speaking this language. I don't even understand. They're speaking Italian. <laughs> they're Italians. Uh, R.G. Armstrong as Amos. John Rubenstein as John Morris. R.G. Armstrong is some, uh, he was in uh, Predator. He was General Phillips in Predator. He was yeah. also Prune Face in Dick Tracy. It's been probably 30 years since I've seen Dick Tracy. <laughs> I'm sure I've seen it. I don't remember when, but I remember, pr- uh, <clears throat> I remember Prune Face. You know what else he was? R.G. Armstrong? He was the Sandman in the Enter Sandman music video. (laughs) (laughs) Now that is a fun fact. He also appeared in Ghetto Blaster, Hmm. which I've heard about uh, mainly from the Home Video Hustle podcast. I've yet to see. Yeah, it's a fun, fun podcast. Um, Elizabeth Thompson plays Margie. Roy Jensen as Ray Mott. I think it's it's Margie is how they pronounce it. Margie? Or no, I'm thinking of a different movie, I think. There is another movie where somebody was named Margie with a M-A-R-G-E-E. Well, it's not Fargo because they called her Margie in there. This one's Margie. I'm thinking of a different movie that I just watched recently. I can't remember what it was, but I just remembered Margot? No, they, they spelled it with two two e's at the end so the g made a guh sound instead of a j sound now i'm gonna rack my brain 
to try and remember what fucking movie that's from. <laughs> Kim Richards as Lynn Marie. Did you see her in uh, Halloween Kills? Kim I haven't Richards? seen uh, Halloween Kills yet. Oh, well, aren't you lucky? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, or no, it was Kyle Richards. Kyle Richards is in me. Halloween Kills. Kylie? Doesn't look like a Kyle on the uh, picture. Well, Kyle's uh, sometimes a unisex name. Since when? Uh, since Kyle Richards was born. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was just Kylie. Spelled weird. No, I, I think it's pronounced Kyle. Because the only Kyles I know drink Monster Energy drink and punch walls. I mean, that sounds about right. I think they're on the, I think the Richard sisters are on one of the Real Housewives uh, shows. Okay. Kate Murtaugh is Miss McDonald. I, I think that's about it for cast. Anyone else you want to mention? Henry O'Brien as Chaz. He had a pretty big role. What was the uh, the name of the uh, hitchhiker? Do you remember? No. Oh, Ronnie Cox. We can't. We can't. Oh, he, yeah, he's down the list. Ronnie Cox. Yeah, he's at the. He's last on the list here. They saved the best for last. Also, do you see uncredited as the girl marching with the flag? Kathy Hilton, mother of Paris and Nicole. Ah, or Nikki, that's another fun is. fact. <laughs> Who knew? But yeah, Kathy Ronnie Hilton. Ronnie Cox of Paul Verhoeven fame and uh, Beverly Hills Cop fame. That's where I knew him from. I was very familiar with him in the 80s. You know, the Beverly Hills Cop 1 and 2. Total Recall, RoboCop. He was always good and everything. Chewing the scenery. Yeah. I'm used to him being a bad guy. Yeah. Takes kind of a, a back seat in this one. More of a supporting uh, role, supporting James Brolin. So he's much more soft-spoken in this one. He actually looks very young, too, in this yeah. movie. Uh, um, Deliverance is another one he's in, but I didn't see that until I was older. That's probably for the best. <laughs> <laughs> we. Speaking of uh, Ronnie Cox, he was uh, somehow convinced to do the alleged sequel to the car known as The Car Road to Revenge. I unfortunately decided, well, this might be a good time to watch that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he plays a mechanic in that movie. He plays a different character. And it's only very loosely uh, affiliated with the original movie. Like, really not at all. In that movie, it's like a super low budget, like straight to the DVD that came out in 2019 uh, for no apparent reason. But uh, in that movie... There's like a, a literal underground street gang who are kind of cyborgs, but also kind of dressed like vampires. And like the leader is a mad scientist who actually wears a white lab coat. And uh, they kill the district attorney and they throw him out the window onto his fancy, super futuristic car. Mm which is just a Chrysler 300 with, <laughs> with a few body modifications. 
Chrysler 300 does have kind of like a sneaky low hood, I think, or a roof, I should say. Yeah. But even like in 2019, like the 300 was popular when it came out, like in the early 2000s, like a bunch of rappers were into it. They put the, mm-hmm. the Bentley grills on them. Yeah. But by 2019, like it looks dated. <laughs> and I don't even know if it was like a new car. Like it seemed like it might have been a like one they had gotten off like a lease return or something. Mm-hmm. But uh like they didn't do much on the interior. Like there's one shot where they show the empty seat and it's got the SRT logo on it. <laughs> <laughs> like fucking A man. So then the uh the district attorney comes back as the car, I guess. I don't know, it's stupid. <laughs> Are you saying the sequel is a major step down from the cinematic achievement that is the car from I'm 1977. The, 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 yes, I'm saying that. I'm saying that the <laughs> sequel should not be allowed to, to take a dump on the legacy of <laughs> the car. Um, and it should not have any affiliation whatsoever. I don't even know. Like the only the only connection is that there's a, a car that drives itself and tries to kill people. Like that's the only connection. It's so bad. It's borderline never. It's borderline watch this movie never. <laughs> All right. Especially especially if you like the original. Original is a fun one. So they, they took all the fun out of it? Oh, it's so bad. Like the writing's bad, the acting's bad. It's got that stupid, like uh like weird filter to make it look greenish you know gray or whatever like mm-hmm. the the picture it's so so bad well the synopsis for the car is a small desert town is terrorized by a powerful seemingly possessed car and the local sheriff may be the only one who can stop it barbara streisand's husband james brolin <laughs> i forgot they were still married i thought they divorced long ago oh i didn't even uh, think about that are they yeah i looked I, it up and they're still married i totally forgot that they were even married i mean he must be bedridden or something it's like how does he allow his wife to just go and run her mouth on twitter every day he's <laughs> <laughs> gonna tell her to quit being so fucking annoying he's probably just happy she's not talking to him <laughs> So does Bradley Cooper play him in uh, Licorice Pizza? Is that, is yeah. that who he's playing? Okay. Yep. That's a dumb name for a movie. <laughs> <laughs> sure is. I mean, I really like Paul Thomas Anderson, but yeah, he could have came up with a better name. Well, it must have something to do with something in the movie, right? Like it can't just be like by accident. Yeah. Seems like he's going back to his roots. It, I got some Boogie Nights vibes from it. So I think it's in like the San Fernando Valley. And I think uh, was it like a porn production going on in the trailer I saw. I hope not because their characters are supposed to be like teenagers. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's like one scene in the. In the <laughs> so was uh, Dirk Diggler. <laughs> Well, there's one scene in the trailer where it's like a bunch of kids on stage, like doing a like a musical number, like with mm-hmm. a bunch of bunk beds and stuff. So I hope that's not what you're referring to. 
No, I thought it was like they're on a set of a a film. Like they were they weren't just, I don't know. I have to why I only watched it once. Maybe it was just a low budget movie that looked like what they were doing on <laughs> you know Boogie Nights, you know, the the films within the film. But no, I think the only like borderline scene like that is uh there's a there's a scene where the the main actress shows up at the the uh main actor's house and says you really want to see my boobs and then she shows them yeah and then she slaps them mm-hmm. licorice pizza <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's talk a little bit about the car in the car it's one of the coolest movie cars ever a highly customized 1971 Lincoln Continental Mark III designed by famous Hollywood car customizer George Barris. Now, there were four cars built for the film. Uh, three were used as stunt uh, mules, and the fourth was used for close-ups, and the stunt cars were all destroyed. But the fourth one is now in a private collection. Imagine having the car. That'd be awesome. I don't, you can't get in it. There's no door handles. <laughs> yeah i wonder uh what they use for a handle hear that or there's just a handle on the passenger side and you can like never see it yeah just have some at uh, least in the stunt the stunt cars just have some production assistant laying in you know across the seat just popping it open for that one scene you know like laying across the front seat and popping open the driver's door like to knock Mm -hmm. over the sheriff yeah and then like uh they take them out you know quick cut to the interior uh so the car's bodywork was painted in steel pearl and charcoal the windows were laminated in two different shades smoked on the inside and amber on the outside uh so you know so someone could see out of it but not into it yeah i like the uh the orange tint on the windows that was mm-hmm. a nice touch in order to give the car a more sinister look uh, Barris made the car's roof three inches lower than usual and altered its side fenders that same length again, uh, both higher and longer. Uh, according to Silverstein, uh, the distinctive sound the horn of the car makes uh, spells out the letter X in Morse code. Did you know this? No, I don't know Morse code. You don't? No, never, <laughs> never had a reason to uh, use it. Neither did I, but I was just wondering if it was always the one that you hear in the distance, like the i mean it must be that must be that one like when it's like when it's up close and like hitting people it's like or like it's like really loud and then when it runs off it's always in the distance it's so great that's one of my favorite things is the horn just like like the car is such a great character in and of itself yeah. And like they don't really explain anything like uh, it's just like you kind of assume it's like demonic but like there's no like there's no explanation of where it came from it just shows up one day starts killing people harassing people it's just a fantastic uh character uh even though it's technically an inanimate object yeah now i'd like to go over some similar films and ask you if you've seen them or heard of them Killdozer from 74, about a possessed bulldozer. I've heard of that one. I've not not seen seen it, but it sounds familiar. The Hearse, a 1980 horror film. 
but it possessed hers. No. That one makes a little more sense. It does, yeah. But I've not seen it. Of course, we've both seen Christine from 83, but that uh, possessed red 58 Plymouth Fury. Yeah, I would take the car over Christine. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I enjoy both, I guess. I mean, the Christine's not bad, but I like the car better. Nightmares from 83. Uh, movie made up of four separate story segments. The third, ent- entitled The Benediction, features a traveling priest attacked on the highway by a demonic 4x4. No, I'm not familiar with that. Past episode of ours, Maximum Overdrive from 86, based on the story Trucks by Stephen King. Stephen King's best movie, isn't it? <laughs> I don't think I ever made it through that movie. I wasn't on that episode. <laughs> oh, that's I right. I, I don't think I've ever finished uh, Maximum oh, really? Overdrive. It's uh, Stephen King at his coked out best. Well, who who better to direct a Stephen King movie than Stephen King? Mm-hmm. Like he knows he knows. He's always he's bitching doing. about everyone else who has skill, <laughs> like Kubrick. Then he can put his shitty endings in there. <laughs> yeah, like you're mad that every movie adaptation uh, of your book changes the endings. Maybe that's a you problem. <laughs> <laughs> uh, apparently, there was a made-for-TV uh, film based on the same story trucks called trucks uh, never seen that that'd be interesting there was a, ni- a 1990 made for tv film called wheels of terror about a mysterious car with unseen driver terrorizing a small arizona community no i haven't seen that black cadillac from 03 about a mysterious black cadillac that stalks three young men as they make their way through the virtually deserted mountain roads of wisconsin sounds random the mountain roads of wisconsin yeah isn't wisconsin like super flat because it had a fucking glacier on it (laughs) (laughs) no i I don't even know if i've heard of that one phantom racer 09 made for tv sci-fi film a race car possessed by the spirit of its driver seeking revenge against his former rival Super Hybrid is a 2011 film about shape-shifting monster that transforms into cars. And finally, there's a Futurama episode called The Honking, where Bender, I guess, transforms into a similar-looking demonic car. So yeah, uh, a lot more sinister car films than I would have expected. I mean, I, you know, they're all trying to copy the, uh, the best one. Killdozer did come out a few years before, but... <laughs> that's it well they peaked with the car (laughs) i don't know it's it's a super simple story like it's it's easy to screw up by overcomplicating the the plot all right well yeah let's get into it we open with uh, a couple of bikers right well even before that there's a quote on screen remember the quote it says uh, oh great brothers of the night who rideth out upon the hot winds of hell, who dwelleth in the devil's lair, move and appear. That's attributed to Anton LaVey. Yeah, that's the uh, leader of the Church of Satan, right? Yeah, I saw a uh, documentary about him on uh, TCM a couple of years ago. Hmm. I forget what it was called, though. <laughs> but it was like, it was basically they like went to his house to ask him about the Church of Satan, 
and uh he's like yeah it's uh we don't really worship satan it's just more about like doing whatever you want to do and then like they had these uh these black masses or whatever where they would just have chicks with their tits out and they'd, <laughs> they'd wear funny hats and read from his book or whatever <laughs> uh satanus the devil's mass is what it's called okay it's from 1970 so he would have probably been pretty fresh in everybody's minds around the time the car came out mm-hmm. yeah when did the satanic panic really take hold well, it must have started, uh, you know, with LeVay. He was one of the first. Mm-hmm. And then they had, uh, what, Alistair Crowley. I think he was over in the UK, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, and that film then, Ride with the Devil, that came out right around the same year, right? Yeah, I want to say it was like 75. Yep, 75. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, there would have been Race with the Devil. Did I say Ride with the Devil? Yeah, you must have been listening to the John from MMC because he called it that on a recent episode too. Oh, did he? I think there's another movie called Ride with the Devil, but it's the one they were talking about was Race with the Devil, which is another great movie. I, I yeah. challenged you to watch that. Yeah, it was a fun one, Peter Fonda. So yeah, must have that Satanic Panic must have started right around mid '70s and lasted into the '80s. Yeah. So yeah, then we get the uh, the Anton LaVey quote. So that sets the tone, right? You know something's going down because they got the Church of Satan guy mm-hmm. quote up there. And we got a couple of cyclists striding around the mountain desert passes. And uh, here comes the car. <laughs> <laughs> the, with the orange windshield and shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, fantastic. I feel like there's other movies that kind of rip this off because he forces the, the girl off of the road. And then uh, the dude is riding his bike. He's trying to get away. He goes over the bridge and he just gets jacked up and uh, sent over the bridge. Um, and then they don't find him for like another, like, I don't know, like in movie time, at least a half an hour, but uh, probably later that day. Yeah, I'm not sure. It was a pretty sweet way to to set the tone mm-hmm. to, to really show they're not fucking around. Yeah, I can't remember what I expected the first time I saw it. Like if I thought there was going to be like a ghost or a demon driving it or something. Right. But you kind of halfway expect that, I think. There's got to be some sort of, you know, demon driving this vehicle. But no, it's just possessed, like Christine. Well, I think the first time I saw it, I can't remember the first time I saw it as God, I don't know, maybe six or seven years ago, probably now. I don't even remember if I saw it on like TCM or HBO or something. But I think I read that in the description that it was a possessed car. So I wasn't necessarily like looking for extra, like beyond that. I thought, well, I mean, that's simple enough. I can get behind that. And they, uh, you know, they they, uh, deliver right out the bat with uh, some crazy violence right away because uh, it's you know it's a pretty good uh, scene to get you going because uh, obviously if you've ever ridden a bicycle on a narrow road and a car came by you you know how that feels mm-hmm. usually i'm on the other side i was gonna I, say yeah you were biking around town 
all the time. Usually I'm in a car. I haven't really ridden a bicycle till I or uh, since I got my driver's license. So yeah. <laughs> I wonder how long it's been for me. But uh decade or two. Yeah. So so like as a as a cyclist, you you like you said, if you're not knowing anything going into this movie, like you're thinking, okay, is this just some asshole? Is this like a demon car? What what is the deal with this car? I, what's stopping know her what's from on. breaking? Uh it's like the car is right alongside her and she's like, Oh my god. <laughs> she just keeps on pedaling, staying even with it. Yes, I don't know. Stop. Fear. Fear. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not pick it apart too much. We're gonna, we're, there's not going to be anything left. <laughs> but, so, so we've established the car doesn't give a fuck. It just, you know, it's out to kill. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there we meet uh, Wade, Wade Parent, who is the sheriff of the town, and he's uh, he's in bed with his uh, main squeeze. We find out later is a school teacher named Lauren. Mm-hmm. How about uh, they start fooling around and the, the kids are like super interested in listing out in the hallway. Yeah. I wrote a note that the youngest daughter really wants to hear her dad. Fuck. Really. <laughs> super curious. <laughs> I mean, uh, you got to give her a break because next year she's going to witness her babysitter getting murdered. <laughs> <laughs> She's had a traumatic childhood. Uh, uh, and then, uh, but Lauren, she's got to, she's going to get going for work. So she puts a, she slaps on the testicular claw to, uh, to get uh, Wade to uh, back off. Yeah. Cause she, but uh, she learned that move from one of her fourth grade students who's been grabbing <laughs> all the little boys wieners and stealing their lunch money. <laughs> I was like, who's this little she, girl? Is that what she said? I don't know. Yeah, even she goes, I learned that. this move from one of my fourth graders. Oh She's my been God. squeezing all the boys' wieners and taking their <laughs> lunch money. It's like, what? I think I I don't know. Maybe I just like uh just I don't I don't think she said squeezing their little you know wieners, but she said this is what she was doing to the boys and like stealing their lunch money or their lunch or oh something. Oh my god. I was like, wait, what? Is it the same? Is it the same kid that drew a naked picture of her? Oh, that's Johnny. <laughs> His proportions are always off. <laughs> I love how she like knows that the artwork verbatim she, for all of her students. She's like totally okay with it. All their nude artwork of her. Oh my god! Like, why are they drawing naked pictures of her, and why is she okay with it? <laughs> oh my god! She'd fit in as a public school teacher in the the twenty twenties. Uh, mm-hmm. from the sounds of it <laughs> so we get a little uh little introduction to the sheriff and uh his girlfriend she leaves out the back door so the kids don't see her uh because he's uh ashamed that she spent the night or whatever but the kids obviously know and yeah uh, i think it's funny like the kids are like uh you know, asking if if mommy's gonna come back, and he's like, "No, but what if I married Lauren?" And the one kid's like, "Only if I can still cook." <laughs> yeah. and the other girl's like, "Only if I can still clean." <laughs> yeah. Like, Only if I can still right. vacuum. 
Like this dude raised his kids right, man. <laughs> he puts them in their place, I guess. And he begrudgingly agrees. Like, okay, <laughs> you could still do domestic chores. <laughs> I like too when he rides his motorcycle to work and he doesn't put his helmet on, and they scold him. He's like, "I'll wear it twice tomorrow." <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, uh, Brett. You know, he can't have his bride to be do all this domestic stuff because she's a working woman. She's a teacher. She's one of the real heroes. It's only like a six hour a day job. <laughs> only works nine months out of the year. Have you heard Norm McDonald's bit about teachers being the real heroes? I think I think so. I don't remember exactly. <laughs> oh how it my goes, god. But... Uh, you gotta you gotta check it out because some woman starts heckling him from the audience who's a teacher. He's <laughs> not happy about who he's talking about. And then he just dresses her down in front of everyone. It's pretty hilarious. I think I, I have seen that. He was on like a radio show and some lady called in about it. And don't get like, me wrong, I have family members that are teachers, <laughs> but we shouldn't build, you know, a war memorial for him or anything. Jesus. <laughs> they only work nine months out of the year. <laughs> It's like the easiest job <laughs> it's like 10 months now i'll give him that but you know it's still not 12 but it kind of pisses me off because when you and i were kids you got three months off for summer and now it's like two because school's going into june like middle of june and now everyone's elementary school or like grade school is starting like uh, mid-august or like the 12th or 13th ish that's crazy it's like, what the hell? It should have been like, it always used to be after Labor Day. And then like, I think when I was in like middle school or high school, we'd start a few days before Labor Day. So you'd start and then you'd have a day off right away. Right. And now it's like three weeks before Labor Day. Yeah. Like the earliest we ever started was like the week before Labor Day. Let these kids be kids. It's crazy. Well, they got to build in all the snow days because they take fucking every snow day off now. Yeah, because now like they don't even like allow more than like one or two snow days. And now, yeah, they have like that learning from home stuff. So kids don't even get snow days anymore. I mean, <laughs> kids in the south and west, you know, never, they never got snow days. But like, the ones up here, they don't really get it anymore. You got to do that virtual learning from home bullshit. I think when I was going to school, we only had like one or two days canceled due to snow. Like, it was almost never. One time they preemptively canceled due to wind chill, and then it wasn't even that cold. And they're like, shit, now we can't reverse it and make everybody come in. Uh, all right. Well, let's uh, let's get to the hitchhiker. huh? This is a hilarious scene. This dude is hitchhiking outside of Amos's. Uh, what's the Amos? Amos uh, Clements, the dynamite man, is hitchhiking outside of his house. And uh, Amos is uh, he's just casually beating his wife, you know. <laughs> they seemed awfully old for how young their kid was. Do you think that was like their yeah. kid or was that a grandkid? Well, we talk about how old people look in the 80s. Well, in the 70s, it was just worse, <laughs> <laughs> unless you're Ronnie Cox. James Brolin's 18 in this film, <laughs> <laughs> Ronnie Cox looks super young. And then 10 years later, he's like the old man or whatever in Robocop. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Actually, he's uh, he's Dick Jones. Fuck Jones. (laughs) 
anyways i don't know how much of this uh scene you got for the clip but uh pretty much all is, of it this is fucking hilarious i love it and uh, yeah the hitchhiker has a french horn with him for some odd reason yes and he's got a he's got a correct amos who calls it a bugle or something else Hey, mister! What the hell are you? Well, uh, I just don't think you ought to be hitting that lady. Oh, you don't, huh? That's my wife! None of your damn business. Now get the hell out of here. All right. Stay cool now. Hey, wait a minute. That was you that woke me up with that bugle. No, sir, that's impossible. This isn't any bugle. This is a French horn. Well, get it on out of here before I wrap it around your neck. All right, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Don't get excited now. Watch this. See this little thing? This has got a hole all of its own right in there. See? Boop! Goes in like that. Watch how neatly this fits right in here. Isn't that cozy? See how silent it is? What the hell are you saying? Who? Me? Nothing. Nobody's saying anything around here. Even my little friend in the tree stopped singing. Well, he's smart. And I'm giving you five minutes to move on out of here. Well, I can't move too fast. All I got's my thumb. Well, stick it out and hope. And if I hear another sound out of that thing, I'm gonna ram it so far up your ass, you'll be farting music for a year. Wouldn't that be fantastic? Farting music. For a year. <laughs> I love the just how much disdain Amos has for him while he's explaining to him, like everything in his case in the French horn. The hell are you talking about? <laughs> Fits in there nice and cozy. <laughs> he's too chipper. He's so he's so positive. He's so upbeat. The, the hitchhiker, uh, and then he's like, "Oh, here comes a car. Hope it's uh, hope this guy's real nice." He's like, "No, wait. Hope it's a thirty-four-year-old nymphomaniac widow." <laughs> <laughs> And uh, he's gonna he's gonna take her to the Amazon basin to water ski. <laughs> but it's actually the car, and uh, the car kind of buzzes him, mm-hmm. so he flips him off, and the uh, the car stops, and he's offended. The car is offended by this French harness. He was gonna let him go, just you know near miss, but uh, after he got flipped off, he just backs just completely over him and just runs him over i don't know how many times before yeah. driving off. four times you'll hear it soon <laughs> oh uh, man speaking of uh, uh amos again um i think the biggest surprise in this whole movie is that he refrained from using any gay slurs in that last scene <laughs> that's true just I was just flabbergasted I'm so impressed that he well, maintained his cool after beating his wife for five minutes 
probably the biggest negative about this movie is they get you to cheer on Amos, the town drunken <laughs> wife beater at the end of the movie. Like he's the hero. Like he's the linchpin that, that ties everything together. <laughs> oh, here's... I was thinking about that later. I was like, God, he gets, uh, you know, he gets redemption, but it seems like he's just going to continue beating his wife every day. <laughs> he sure does. <laughs> I I did write down what the, uh, what the hitchhiker said to the car that, ended up getting him killed he says up yours with a splintered fiddle you son of a bitch <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like oh he's coming back for me and then gets run over <laughs> after he daintily slaps his middle finger yes he's like oh how do you how dare you jump to conclusions <laughs> honestly like I, I don't think people like that exist anymore like people were that like positive and upbeat and just like everything's sunshine and rainbows although he was pretty quick to anger when the when the dude passed him or when yeah. the car buzzed him or whatever uh but you know overall you know he's pretty happy soul that pretty much brings us to our next clip uh you can say what well, wade's at uh is he at home again or at the office i think he's at home and he gets called to uh stop along this at Amos's house on the way to work. Right. I think this is after he's asking his daughters about marrying uh, the teacher. It is. Yep. And we already talked about that. So we can, we can jump into uh, the cops asking Amos what happened. And obviously he's a reliable eyewitness. <laughs> he drove on out past my dynamite truck. I was looking out my window right at him. What time was it? Well, around seven o'clock. Oh, you sure about that? You betcha. Four times. How many times? Four times. Well, are you sure, Amos? Damn right, I'm sure. He ran him down backwards, and then he ran forwards over him, and he did that twice. Four times altogether? Four times. Well, what kind of a car was he driving? I don't know. Was it foreign or domestic? A little of both. What color? Gray, black, maybe. Sedan? What the hell? Am I on trial here? Station wagon, high top, two-door, four-door? Oh, I think a two-door. All right. Convertible, sunroof, vinyl top, Landau top. The guy was getting ground to hamburger. I wasn't taking notes. Are you sure you're all right? What's it to you? She's great. What about the plate? I don't know. Did it have a plate? I don't know. Color of the plate? I don't know. You saw it. I didn't see nothing. Bullshit. You saw two doors. Well, with all that dust in the air, how could I tell anything for sure? I don't know. Damn it, I don't know. What do you mean, for sure? Huh? Oh, uh, well, uh, uh, maybe the top was uh, squeezed down low. There was no plate. Wade, Luke. Wade, you better get on the phone and call the Dago County seat in case he crossed the line. Sling the net. We've got a crazy on our hands. I'll crank it up. I think there's some clunky dialogue there at the end when he says, what do you mean by not sure? And then he just goes into speculation, basically. Like, well, if I... 
don't have to be hundred percent correct. I think it was this and this, but right. Like, like the way he said it just didn't make any sense. What do you well, mean? Not sure. They basically badgered him to the point of him just shutting up. And then he, he ends up coming out with the info anyways. You'll notice that uh, Everett basically wants to fuck Amos's wife through the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> and he's he's trying so hard for her to, to get her to leave Amos. Uh, and, and it's very clear that, that he, he wants to he wants to smash. It's because she's um, a great piece of ass. He's had him all over the world. <laughs> Godfather oh. reference. <laughs> It insists upon itself. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Another uh, funny thing that Peter said about family or uh, Godfather. It insists yeah. upon itself. <laughs> oh. oh, but I like you know you get the whole description of the car there. Um, he got it mostly right. I mean, two door, uh, kind of squeezed down top, no plates. No description of the driver or anything like that. It was too dusty to see. So we're on the lookout for this car now. Make a quick stop at the school where we, we already talked about Mrs. Uh, where uh, Lauren is A-OK with her student drawing naked pictures of her. And uh, I don't even remember what else happened in that. Like, is there anything important happened in that scene at the at the school? Like they, they found the cyclists like right after that. Yeah, because I think uh, what the sheriff shows up and says hi to his kids and talks to Lauren, right? Yeah. Nothing really. No. So they we get a we get a well they find the one cyclist they find the female cyclist, and uh, so we get a short scene there so they know. It's happened more than once. We got we got a serial vehicular homicidal maniac. And uh, then we, we cut back to the station where Everett is pressuring Bertha to press charges against Amos. This is where we, uh, we really get a good, uh, good uh, understanding of his feelings for Bertha. <laughs> got a hard on. What's funny, uh oh my god, I forgot about this. He uh he went to high school with her and she was the first. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's why he was that's why he was so smitten. Um but he looks even older than uh she like she looks 20 years older than her and Amos. Yeah. Like how old are these people? Like uh so John Marley was born in nineteen oh seven, so he would been 70. <laughs> uh, RG Armstrong was born in 1917, so he would have been 60. Let me see if I can find Bertha. Bertha was played by Doris Dowling, who was born in 1923. So, is that 54? So, she was. Uh, 16 years younger than than Everett, but they went to high school together and she was the first. <laughs> he was a great above her. 
<laughs> he was a super duper senior. <laughs> maybe maybe he had to take some years off to go to war a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> Not back in high school. But uh yes, so she she declines to press charges and she's going with her kid to get back in the truck. Amos says, uh, drive your ass home. I'm going to the bar. And uh, as, <laughs> as he like, crosses the street, the, I don't want you riding my coattails while having drinks with the boys. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think she even was. If I want to go out and get drinks with the boys, I'm going to do it. <laughs> do what I want. And as he's crossing the street, the car is, is lurking in the shadows and it shines up its uh its headlights and it just narrowly misses amos but it runs everett completely the fuck over so so down goes everett another good guy down mm-hmm. which so just, we know we find out later that the car is kind of targeting people that cursed it yeah now did the sheriff ever curse it um i'm not sure maybe. if amos did but it seemed like it was going after amos and missed Maybe not. Maybe it's just making a beeline for the sheriff. There wasn't any scene with the sheriff in the car. So, well, the cyclist didn't really, well, not until after it started harassing them. Yeah, I suppose. Again, we can't pick it apart too much. There's going to be (laughs) nothing left. (laughs) This is one you don't think too hard about. It's just like, oh, the car killed somebody. Yes. Killed the wrong guy. Killed the the cool old guy. Well, he's not cool. He's he's the good guy. Uh, but there was a witness, a Navajo lady, witnessed it. So we got to have Chaz translate and Chaz the the big Indian. Like I like how there's like multiple scenes of Chaz answering phones from just racist dudes in the town, and he's just like doing the the stereotypical Indian accent back to them, but basically telling them to go fuck themselves. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. (laughs) (laughs) But he's basically saying that the old lady is crazy. And, uh, you know, she doesn't really have much information. She didn't see who was driving or anything. Find out later that he was covering up for her. And she actually said there was no driver in the car. And that she was heading out of town because there was a demonic presence in the city. Mm Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Luke falls off the wagon. Yeah, I read a note about that. So they kind of treat it like a big deal. I mean, the way that scene is shot, but I was wondering if it really was a big deal. It's 1977. I know you're a cop and you're not supposed to drink, but you know, back then, DWIs weren't really given out a whole lot, especially in the uh, in God's country where this was filmed. You know, it's kind of like, we'll give you a ride home. Yeah, it seemed like it was a big deal because... Like he had quit drinking. So like he must have made it a a big thing that he was, you know, quitting drinking. Like he had a bunch of problems with it. And now, you know, it's a big deal. And that's why he's hiding it too. Yeah. You know. I suppose it was a big deal for uh films in the seventies to feature storylines like that because uh airplane made fun of it. You know, there's four things, uh, four scenes with that uh head guy at the airport in the, the flight traffic control room. You know, I picked the wrong yeah. weed, quit smoking, uh, quit drinking, uh, doing amphetamines and sniffing glue. 
because I think that a lot of those disaster movies and whatnot, or the airport movies, people that have just you know quit drinking or doing whatever. Right. So I, I, I mean, it comes back later, but it basically just shows like he's, uh, you know, he's so shaken, especially by Everett's death, that he, uh, you know, he had been sober at least for a while. It seems like. I thought maybe he was just doing uh, it on the sly for a while because what he had in the trunk of his car, right? So I thought he was just driving (laughs) around with it. Like that's just something he did regularly up to this point. He's been hiding it for a while. Right. Well, I think there's a later scene with him and Wade where Wade basically calls him out and uh, yeah, more or less says, you know, like, oh, I I thought you were done with that stuff and he asked him why the uh, parade practice wasn't called off. That's right. They uh, there's a scene where they decide to cancel or postpone the parade rehearsal, which is run by Lauren, and uh, that was Luke's responsibility, and he didn't take care of it. So we got this early morning parade rehearsal. It's at a uh, like a dirt track. I don't know if it's like a horse racing track or like a like a motorsports dirt track but um they're doing their marching shit they got a marching band they got horses they got all this stuff they get this big ass windstorm kicks up all of a sudden and uh in the background here <laughs> here comes the car and takes out a couple more cops mm-hmm they have, like all the kids and teachers end up in a this like small like rundown cemetery, and the car just can't go into it, and Lauren decides to fucking taunt it. Mm-hmm. And that is our next clip. Hey you! Why don't you get out of your big ugly car, huh? We'd like to see what you look like. I'd like to see what what a creep like you looks like. There's a couple more uh, lines she yells at the car in between the car revving and people running around that uh, one woman tries to escape. Yeah, Margie. Margie Johnson gets out and calls the uh, dispatcher. Mm-hmm. And uh, they send in uh, more cops. Uh, the car eventually leaves. Um, Some men on horseback. They distract the car too. Yeah. yeah. And they get kind of thrown off their horses and i guess they're dead i think probably i did like when uh when wade's kids try to tell her what uh 
or they tried to tell Wade what Lauren did, and uh, the younger girl goes, uh, starts to say, it's like, Mrs. Lauren, call that car a son of a. Like, oh, <laughs> you don't need to repeat that. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's like, that bitch better not take my vacuum. That's my job. Oh my goodness! Uh, so they they got all they got an APB out, gonna block all the roads, make sure this car can't get out. The car ends up approaching one of the cops. The cop shoots it twice, and he thinks he missed, but the car runs away. He chases it. He gets fooled into falling into a trap, and uh, he gets he gets uh, stopped right on the edge of a cliff and the car gets perpendicular to him and just slowly, slowly pushes him off the cliff. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. It's pretty great. And then he, it's, it's, when did they stop doing uh, the movie trope of cars going off the cliff and immediately exploding into balls of fire? I guess when people stopped using practical effects, <laughs> The CGI for a lot of things, they just kind of stopped doing that, I guess. Well, I think that was because of the Ford Pinto, though. <laughs> like, yeah. like, well, this is what cars do. Hell of a recall. <laughs> but uh, I always like that. That's a great trope. I wish they'd bring that back. Now um, they just do it for laughs. You know, it's just a comedy spot in newer movies if they do it. Yeah, I was actually rewatching Last Action Hero. I haven't watched it since I was a kid. Yeah. When they're in the film world, anytime Arnold shoots a car, basically it just blows up. And then right. they're in the real world and uh, the villain's getting away in a taxi and he's shooting and he's like, what's, what's going on? Why isn't it exploding? <laughs> <laughs> it's still not very good, but there's some moments that are, that are cool. That is some, a, a few good ideas in there. Just, just fall short, you know? I, I liked that movie. I bought it recently, but I haven't uh, gotten around to rewatching it yet. Mm-hmm. It's quite long. It's like two and a half hours. Yeah, it's something like so that. I think two hours and than... twenty-one or something. Yeah, but uh, that's that's one of the things that killed it. Probably is like, look how stupid this is. Cars don't actually blow up when you you know just touch them, mm-hmm. or when they flip over. I like to after after. Uh, the cop gets pushed off the cliff. There's two other cops coming to get the car. And the car does a fucking barrel roll and takes both of them out. A what? A barrel roll. <laughs> a what? Barrel. barrel a barrel, barrel roll. roll. You know about that Tom Green thing? Barrel roll. I didn't watch much Tom Green. Well, that uh, when he had his show from when he, that he did from his house. There's like an internet meme thing where somebody kept on like crank calling his show and making him say barrel roll over and over again. <laughs> so a barrel roll. And so there, you can hear these audio clips of him just say barrel roll over and over. <laughs> no, I've never seen that. Uh, but the car does that. It was pretty sweet. It just flips itself horizontally and just takes these two cops out. It's fucking great. 
So yeah, that's when uh, James Brolin joins the fight, right? Yeah, we get a standoff with the with the sheriff and the car. He approaches it, and I love how the car just kind of cracks the door a little bit. Like, come on in. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Opens it slowly. Tries to because the first, I guess he cracked the the car cracks the window. Right. Can't see anything still, but then he opens the door and. James Brolin's trying to open it a little wider and it just smacks him with it at the door. <laughs> Sends him rolling. Mm-hmm. The next thing you know, he's in the hospital. Which, uh, I wish the car just would have finished him off. I mean, we still have another like 25, 30 minutes left. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, we wouldn't have gotten that sweet, sweet finale. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. The climax of this movie is fucking amazing. There's like two Two really great scenes towards the end of the movie. So yeah, uh, Wade's in the hospital. He's getting visited by uh, all the other cops. This is kind of where he calls out Luke for you know his drinking or whatever. Um, but also they talk about their theories about like the car itself and like how they can uh, they can deal with it. Well, that's uh, Ronnie Cock comes up with the solution and they're last clip but this clip is uh yeah brolin basically talking about the car i think yeah at the hospital okay looked like he smashed through our cars like he was stomping bugs i didn't even see a scratch on him he took me out with his door two rounds in the tires one straight into the windshield Ray didn't miss. Bulletproof glass, self-sealing tires. Yeah, I guess. How many men? Luke? license plate none and there were no handles on the doors how the hell could he get past our roadblocks he could have crashed through those tombstones and he he could have killed all of us if he wanted to and the wind, all that wind and the dust that came before. What do you look like, Wade? What? What do you look like when you throw open a door? I, uh... Well... Come on. What? Nothing. I didn't see him. It was just too quick for me to look. How could he flatten a guy's that way and come out of it? Right. How? And why? 
And right after this, Lauren goes back home. And uh, what was the what was the reasoning? She's just going home for the night. So they needed somebody to watch Wade's kids. So Lauren was going to go to Wade's house to watch the kids, but she had to stop to get some things at her house first. And uh, Chaz drove her there. And uh, he says, oh, I got to go check on my family. And she's like, oh, it's fine. Come back in half an hour. And so she's she's in the uh, the living room of her house. And she like painted a portrait of Wade. It was pretty prominent in that uh, that living room there. But mm-hmm. that was interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and the wind starts picking up. And so she gets scared and she calls Wade at the hospital. And like in the, uh, you know, down the street, you, you start seeing the car creep up, get into position. And the next thing you know, it's coming straight at her house as she's on the phone, honking its horn, lights, you know, turn on. And it just drives straight through the living room, runs over Lauren, goes out the back of the house and just drives away, which is a fucking awesome scene. Yeah, best kill of the movie. Oh, so good. Catches her clean, too. I almost forgot about that scene. So, like, once it started coming out, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is is fucking awesome. But, uh, yeah, like, just 100 miles an hour straight through the house and uh and then like you know the next scene they cut to uh like wade and luke and some other cops are just kind of going through the uh the wreckage and the debris and trying to uh (laughs) figure out what happened Mm -hmm. i think this is where our, our next clip comes from yep last clip of the episode I talked to her. She called me when she got back here. She could hear the engine coming down the street. She was so frightened. I don't know. I don't know. I know why he didn't go into the cemetery. I know why. There's no other reason. The ground was hallowed. That's what I say. But you think about it. Everything that's happened, what it did to the guys, and how. was killed on the street. Lauren was killed in the middle of her own living room. She was special. Why? Because she cursed him, that's why. I don't believe it. I don't accept it. Wade, that car flew into that house four feet off the ground. And how did he know where she lived? blocks up get all the other guys get them down at the station right away 
I was trying to think what that scene with the car driving through the house reminded me of. Because I'm sure there's a bunch of other stuff that copied that. But the the one that came to mind just now is uh, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey when the, the evil robot Bills are going to, I think, Missy's house. And they just drive the car into the curb and just go through the windshield. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Busey driving the car into Murtaugh's house and Lethal Weapon. Right. Into the Christmas tree and all that. Oh, man. None of them were as destructive as this, you know. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so, anyways. So, they... they Decide that they're gonna they're gonna set up a trap for the car. They're gonna lure it to the canyon, and uh, so they need Amos's help. I forget was Amos in the in the the drunk. Uh, what do they call it? The the drunk, drunk cell tank. or whatever. The drunk tank. It's like the uh, the fucking what's what's the uh, Otis from uh, Andy Griffith's show? It's like the town drunk. But uh, oh yeah. If Otis also beat his wife. <laughs> <laughs> so they're all getting ready. Uh, Wade's getting his stuff together at his house. And uh, everybody's getting the dynamite and stuff together. Wade goes out in his garage for something. And the car is just sitting there <laughs> in the garage. And the doors are all locked and shit. So we're not even going to pretend to be able to explain this move. Mm-hmm. how the car got in the garage with all the doors locked sorry right. it didn't bother me what <laughs> did bother me was margie not it was margie right that was there with them yeah because she was the only one left as she, far as she was annoying character. me so much she's like shut the fuck up and listen <laughs> she keeps on walking and talking and he's like quiet 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 she's just oblivious she's lost her best friend <laughs> she doesn't seem too distraught over it no, but uh, I I thought this scene was great. Like it was so tense. Like Wade yeah. in the in the garage, and like every time he's trying to get get out of the garage door, the car just kind of creeps up behind him, and then it backs up. Mm-hmm. And then like, every time he gets in front of it, just and eventually he he just uh, tricks it to drive through the door. He dives out of the way, gets on his motorcycle, and man, we got the chase of a lifetime. Mm-hmm. But it's too early. the The dynamite is not in place yet, so Wade's got to waste some time. He's got to he's got to distract the car till they're all ready. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I got, how do you want to describe this trap they set up? Basically, yeah, they're gonna gonna lure him into the canyon and then blow up the canyon. <laughs> 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 Just gonna try and bury him underneath all the rock, basically, right? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Because they use a uh, lot of dynamite. They talk about how many cases and cases of dynamite that they use. They had like a a box truck and a van full of dynamite. Like (laughs) floor to ceiling, front to back. (laughs) There's like one part where somebody almost drops a case of it. Yeah. (laughs) Amos Amos is uh, all of a sudden the responsible party. We got to be careful with this stuff. It could hurt somebody. The guy was like tossing it back and forth or something. (laughs) <laughs> just not handling with care at all and then uh they finally get everything ready to go and they're they're running the uh the uh 
the wire out to the uh, the detonator, and they run out of wire, so they got to splice the wires together. And uh, <laughs> they got uh, they got a rope for Wade. He finally starts climbing up to the uh, the top of the canyon, and the car obviously they can't climb the canyon wall. It's got to go around, and then uh, just at the last possible second, as it's about to run them all over, they hit the detonator. Dynamite goes off, and it just fucking envelops this thing and just uh, explodes it to hell. And we get the pretty sweet... Literally. <laughs> we get the pretty sweet uh, demon cloud. It was like mm-hmm. that picture that came out after 9-11. <laughs> With the devil, sm- the devil face in the smoke. Mm-hmm. It's fucking sweet, man. But uh, I think only Luke saw the devil's uh, face in there. Yeah. <laughs> But what a great finish. But then they tease that the car is, is back. Is going to be back later. Um, because of the horn, right? Well, they show it like driving around a city at the end. It's like a POV shot, I think. But they, okay, they do yeah. have the horn, too. Um, but that's it. What a great movie. It's a lot of fun. I mean, obviously, if you if you start picking holes in it, like you said, it's Eventually, you're going to run out of thread. But uh, <laughs> if you go into it just thinking like, man, this is going to be a fun B-movie about a fucking demonic car that terrorizes a town. I mean, it's we a ton we, of we picked some holes out of the De Palma movies, so I thought it was only fair that we <laughs> point out some inconsistencies in the car. And we know this is on the same level as, as <laughs> all the De Palma ones. <laughs> It's like 1A, 1B. Well, it's like, you know, Christine is pretty well thought of, you know, even though it's a ridiculous movie. I think that's, uh, I think that one gets a lot more love because it's Stephen King, like just yeah. because it's Stephen King. Um, and John Carpenter, right? Or wait, who did it? Uh, De Palma did it? that one, yeah. It was De Palma, wasn't it? Or was that Carpenter? No, De Palma did uh, Carrie, Carpenter did Christine. You're right. Okay. Because it's John Carpenter's Christine. <laughs> <laughs> Call back to our episode with the Midnight Movie Cowboys. It's not. Uh, it's not Stephen King. It should be John Carpenter's Stephen King's Christine. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Any, anything else stuff. you want to talk about before we get into fun facts? No, I think we we covered it. A lot of fun. That last half hour of that movie is fucking great, though. Uh, there's some good stuff that leads up to it too, but uh, man, if if you're not super into it at, at the beginning, if you can get to that last half hour, like it pays off. Yeah, yeah. The la- the final, well, he's the final. I guess stealthy kill is the best with Lauren dying. Right, great stuff. I think we went over a lot of the trivia already. Uh, most of the IMDb trivia is about. The cars themselves. Hey, everybody, here's some fun facts. Uh, major stunts in the movie included a stuntman's first time ever jump, a 196 foot fall from a bridge, and a barrel roll by the car over <laughs> two other vehicles. <laughs> here's a fun fact it was released on Friday the 13th in May of 1977. Spooky. Here's a fun fact. 
This film is listed among the 100 most enjoyably bad movies ever made in Golden Raspberry Award founder John Wilson's book, The Official Razzie Movie Guide. It's, I, it, it sounds unfair to call it bad to say B, B movie. Yeah, I'd, I'd argue it's not a bad movie. I mean, that's that's about it for a trivia. <laughs> like I said, yeah. most of it's about the car itself. I did like one here at towards the bottom. It says, Ronnie Cox plays a cop in this movie. He would later star in RoboCop. <laughs> Nine of 27 found that interesting. What does the one mean where it says uh, almost the entire film is looped? You see where it uh, says that? Let me find it. Almost the entire movie is looped, is what it says. Nine of ten found this interesting. What the hell are they talking about? Uh, I don't know. I did see there's a... They, they say that the opening theme music is the same as in The Shining. But I don't know if that's true. It's a I variation. The, I forgot how you pronounce the, the song, but it's like the opening for like an Irish Catholic mass or something. Okay. It's it says it down there. It's uh here I can look up in Wikipedia too. So I looked up uh movie looping. So it says looping is a term used in the film industry to describe a process in which a scene is looped or played on repeat over and over again so that the voice actor can perform the lines and attempt to get the sound synchronized with the original visual performance. I don't think that helps. So uh, maybe they nothing seemed looped in this movie i don't know maybe they dubbed all the all the vocals all the voices if they did it synced up really well like it wasn't noticeable at all um so the song i was talking about i I can't pronounce it really um dice array it's latin dice array dice it's a Mm, latin sequence attributed to either thomas of solano or the franciscans or to Latino Malabranca Orsini, lector at the Dominican Stadium at Santa Sabina. So it's a medieval Latin poem characterized by its accentual stress and uh, rhymed lines. Poem describes the last judgment, uh, trumpets summoning souls before the throne of God, where the saved will be delivered and the unsaved cast into eternal flames. It's best known from its use in the Roman rite requiem mass for the dead or funeral mass. Okay. So I was off on that. It's a funeral mass, not like a regular Irish Catholic mass. Right. Which makes sense that they would use it in horror movies. Yeah. So an English version is found in various Anglican communion service books. First melody set to these words are a Gregorian chant. It's one of the most quoted in musical literature appearing in the works of many composers. All right. Well, I think that'll about do it. Why don't you tell the good folks at home where they can find our lovely merchandise? You can head on over to WTM watch this spring.com to get your uh, WTM merchandise to represent the show and support us uh you know a little bit financially so indeed it's a it's a good deal for both of us uh you the listener and us the podcasters (laughs) Uh, you can follow us on twitter at watch this underscore movie or bread at positively wolf one you can email us at watch this movie at yahoo.com 
check out our website at wtmwatchthismovie.com. And please rate and review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and many other podcast apps. We will check you later. Guess we'll see you around. All right, check you later. Bye. Bye. Wait, man, why are you always such a dork, man? What are you talking about? Check you later. Check you later. (laughs) Hey, man, you're off my case.